Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to NFL Live. We have a jam-packed hour ahead for you. You know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson ran the ball more than any other quarterbacks over the last four years. But is that the best plan for their team's success? We will answer that and, of course, update the Stephon Diggs drama in Buffalo. Saquon Barkley, he's trying to work out a long-term deal with the Giants. You will hear him and his family tell you how boxing has played a role in his NFL success. And Adam Schefter is going to dive in to the top quarterback contract. Are Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow next? And how much could they possibly get? We're going to hit all of that on today's episode of NFL Live. And to help me out, I got Sam Acho. I got the coach, Herm Edwards. And I got a refreshed-looking Jeff Darlington coming to us live from down there in Florida. We start, uh, where are we starting with the Jets? It's been a big offseason already for the Jets, as you can see here. Aaron Rodgers uh, arrived to play quarterback for a team that already had a lot of talent on offense. But since you can never have too many talented players, uh, here's Jets tight end Tyler Conklin on the possibility of adding a former Vikings teammate of his to the mix. We're talking about running back Dalvin Cook. Listen. We got room for whoever wants to come help us win the Super Bowl. But yeah, uh, me and Delvin were like basically locker mates. So my first couple of years and you know, he was an awesome guy. I reached out to him because I was just curious, like are the rumors true? You know, are, is this actually possible? And uh, I mean, that would be a special backfield with, you know, Brace and Delvin and the rookie and, and whatnot. So Mike Carter, I don't know. That'd be, there's a lot, there's a lot of running backs, but I think that it would be special, especially in this outside zone scheme. Cook still kicking around on the free agent market here a couple weeks after the Vikings let him go. Coach, do you like the possible fit of him in that Jets offense? Well, I think when you're the, the Jets, you're looking down south at the Miami Dolphins and up, up the little way up into Buffalo and say, look, how are we going to match the firepower of those two offenses, right? This is all of a sudden a, a conference where there's a lot of offense being had. And uh, to add another player like this would be unique in the sense that I know they have Hall. He was, he's coming off injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cook would be used as a, as, a, as a part-time player. Not saying that's a bad thing. 15 snaps a game. He'd be a situational back. That way you could get good mileage out of him. You know, he's a little older. But he's still a unique player with the ball in his hand. So I think if you're the Jets, this is a guy you're going to try to go after. Remember, the Jets are all in. Woody Johnson went after Aaron Rodgers for one reason. Not to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but to get to the Super Bowl. Well, I hear you, Coach. And I'm, I, I, it totally makes sense what you're saying. I just love the dynamism of that backfield already without Dalvin Cook. So you talk about it. You look at even a guy like Zonovan Knight, who took over last year after, obviously, Michael Carter was injured. And then Zonovan Knight got in. He was averaging over three and a half yards per carry. In his first NFL debut, his first game, had over 100 mm-hmm. yards from scrimmage. So you have that. Michael Carter obviously had it, had his ability. But then you go to Israel Abanakanda from Pitt, had over 1,400 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns. So there's a dynamic backfield already. That's all not including Brees Hall. 
let's say he's not fully healthy when week one comes. And so obviously when Brees Hall is healthy, you have a whole different story. You have one of the best backs who's on track to be offensive rookie of the year before the injury. And so that's why I don't think you need Dalvin Cook just yet. If Brees Hall is fully healthy, then you'll be okay. And if he takes a little while to get ready, then you've got a few backs in the stable ready to carry the load. You, 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 make, you, you make sense there, but I will tell you this. If you're a coach and if you're a quarterback, you want a guy with some veteran presence. These young backs are young. Remember, he had Dylan that was in Green Bay. He had two running backs. Dylan caught 65 passes. People don't realize that. He got him the ball a lot. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you want a veteran back that's been in a, that has experience of playing in big games. Not saying these guys aren't going to be good players. Look, I was, I was fortunate. I had a guy by the name of Curtis Martin. We had a young back. But I had a guy named Curtis Smart, the old veteran guy, and I leaned on him in certain situations in big games. I knew how he was going to react to those situations. So I think this helps this offense when you get a back like Cook. You guys keep talking about the New York Jets. The man is from uh, Miami. He was born in Opelika, went to high school in Miami Central, went to Florida <laughs> State for college. <laughs> He's coming to the Dolphins. Like, I don't know if the Dolphins realize it yet. I don't know if Dalvin Cook realizes it yet. But he's going to wind up with the Miami Dolphins. If he eventually winds up with the Jets, wouldn't they have already realized that the Dolphins are the front runner in this race and realized they would have had to offer him more by now? Dalvin Cook is going to look at the landscape, wisely so, as he leads into training camp and say, all right, what team is willing to pay the most money for me? The Miami Dolphins were one of the two teams that were willing to trade for him earlier this offseason, ultimately couldn't get the compensation right. You guys can talk about the Jets all day. The Dolphins will come to their senses, Dalvin Cook will come to their senses, and we will have a reunion here in Miami, and there will be more weaponry for the Dolphins to play with this season. Hmm. Well, if it's about speed, I would argue this. Yeah, it's I would easy say to that say that when you're sitting behind palm trees. Exactly, exactly. You saw, See, what, you saw what happened in the draft. So the Dolphins went and got even more speed. They got Devin A. Chain from one of the fastest players in all of college football from AM. So they have another dynamic backfield weapon as well. And so I think that, yes, Miami may be an option, but there's so many weapons there already. I'm not sure Dalvin Cook wants to be another number in that system. Yeah, we'll see. Look, I mean, that's a position where you can never have too many guys. So if the price is right, I, I don't know if anybody's yeah. really going to rule him out. Darlington is convinced the guy's already a Dolphin, so we'll follow that uh, and see <laughs> if he got that nailed down. You know, another team that got a new quarterback this offseason was the New Orleans Saints, who signed Derek Carr following his release from the Raiders. Uh, Carr sounds like he's happy about the change of scenery. Said this to the Fresno Bee, I'm happy to be somewhere where we're in a stable organization that's been proven for years, and I hope that the Raiders find something good there, too, where they can keep that stability for the next guys because I know how important it is and I care about uh, my old teammates. So, yeah, a little disclaimer there at the end. He's like, well, I'm not necessarily saying the Raiders are not a stable organization, but he's happy to be in New Orleans. Uh, Jeff, why are they so happy to have him? You know, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I think of Derek Carr and two years ago when everything that went down with the Raiders, when it came to John Gruden's departure, when it came to Henry Ruggs' arrest, all the, the issues that the team was facing, I don't think I've ever seen someone step up as a leader better than I did Derek Carr that year. They had an unbelievable year, but I, I remember being there one year in the locker room or uh, at a press conference, actually, and I remember seeing his relationship with his teammates and the way that they talked to him and looked up to him 
I realized how good of a leader Derek Carr really is. And I think going to New Orleans, we're going to find that out. He's going to step into an organization, as he said, that is stable, yes, but that needs that leadership at the quarterback position. I think this is a huge get for the New Orleans Saints and ultimately a resurrection of Derek Carr's career. Yeah, and Coach, this is a division that's winnable, right? I mean, like, this is not – like, nobody in the division had a winning record last year, and there's been quarterback turnover a lot of places. What is the Saints' ceiling if everything goes right for them? Oh, they have the opportunity to win this division. And you think about Derek Carr, um, he has more experience than any quarterback in this division, right? Uh, he's probably the best quarterback right now. Now, Bryce Young, obviously – first-round pick, and uh, we can talk about the other quarterbacks in this in this conference. Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously, uh, you know, and, and, and Ritter, but when you look at the Saints, the Saints need a guy like this, and, and we just mentioned it, his leadership. The head coach coached him before, right? So yes. he's at a place where he understands who the head coach is. He understands what the offense is going to look like. They have an outstanding defense, and this Saint team, when it gets going defensively in that dome, Look out, because it becomes a problem. The noise and the way those fans are excited about their football team. Now they've got a quarterback with experience. Remember, 8-9 won the division last year. It's not like, hey, I got to win. A you, you win 9-10 games, you're good. And if you get a home game in the playoffs, you're really good. No, and I've played in that stadium before. That's one of the just one of the most uncomfortable stadiums to play in, from the fans to their costumes. I mean, remember when I played once that like we had so many guys get injured, which obviously maybe talk about the field. We can talk about that later. But my point is like that home field advantage is real, and it starts with the guys in that locker room. It starts with the guys on that defense: Tyron Matthew, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, just to name a few. You want to talk about stability? Want to talk about culture? There's a reason why even after Drew Brees left, this defense has been one of the top has been a top 10 defense the last three years. They were nine last year, but they were top five the two years before. It's because these guys know how to win. They don't rely on whoever quarter, the quarterback is. Now, they're happy to have D Derek Carr. That'll be an advantage to them. But as we used to always say when I would play, the standard is a standard. That standard has not and does not change for that defense. And now D D Derek Carr will be able to add to that standard. You know what would help him is a return to health and to form for wide receiver Michael Thomas. And uh, look, if this is, since this is the time of year where guys post their workout videos, we can see here that Michael Thomas uh, deadlifting 575 pounds. So if that, you know, if that translates to points, that's huge for the Saints, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's big. You're not alone. Look, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, not to be outdone. Again, this is it. Darling, do you remember a couple years ago when we did a bit where we like pretended to be like filming our workouts or we typing and stuff like that? That was fun. Anyway, that's all you yeah, guys are doing. I do remember that. It, they're, it, they're it didn't look like harder, this. I think. What do we think? Jeff, you doing this? That, that's that's amazing. amazing. Is that, yeah, is I know that, one thing. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm the head coach, I'm going in the weight room and talk to my strength coach, and I'm saying, if any of these guys get hurt yeah. squatting that much weight, you got a problem right now. Yeah. We don't want any Don't Instagram hurt my players injuries. in the weight room. That, that's for sure. We got a lot uh, more to TV come 12. today that on NFL Live. Live. Saquon Barkley has yet to sign his franchise tag with the Giants. We'll hear from Jeff Darlington with the latest on contract talks between the star running back and his team. Plus, with Justin Herbert set for a big payday this offseason, Herm will tell us why Chargers head coach Brandon Staley is entering the most critical year of his career yet. That's all next. NFL Live is brought to you by Freeform's hit show, Gronish. 
Watch the new and final season June 28th at 10, 9 central and the next day on Hulu. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The ultimate fighter continues to heat up inside and outside the octagon with Team Chandler's veterans undefeated after four weeks against Team McGregor's prospects. The fifth episode premieres tonight at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on ESPN. New episodes are also available immediately following on ESPN+. Back here on NFL Live where Adam Schefter put together his list of biggest questions of the offseason. He's taken us through one each day, and today he's going to talk about quarterback contracts and who's next to get paid. NFL quarterbacks get the largest share of blame, credit, headlines, and as we've seen this offseason, and we'll see again, contracts. Money is nice, championships are better. Philadelphia gave Jalen Hurts a $255 million deal that included $179 million guaranteed, which Baltimore topped when it gave Lamar Jackson a $260 million deal that included $185 million guaranteed. I love being here, you know, I love my teammates and I love the fan base. And those might have just been the warm-up acts for even bigger deals on the horizon. Both Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow and Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert are in line to land record-setting contracts sometime before the season kicks off. Herbert rolls to his right, now throws to his left. On! Touchdown! Chargers! Herbert is expected to top Hurts and Jackson, and Burrow, with his resume of being the former number one overall pick and already getting the Bengals to the Super Bowl, is likely to be the biggest deal of all. Doing good today. <laughs> it sounds preposterous now, but it really isn't. With top quarterback salaries now rising well above $50 million a year, it won't be too many years now before the NFL sees a $100 million per year quarterback. It's coming, and Herbert and Burrow are about to keep pushing the bar in that direction. So the reason we talk about this is these guys, Herbert and Burrow, are through their third season. So it's the first offseason they're allowed to talk about a contract extension. So, Jeff Darlington, when <clears throat> might they get them? Yeah. 
Any day, any day, Dan, and that truly is the case with these big contracts. Usually they will happen during the summer, early July, maybe through July at some point, but I do anticipate both of these deals getting done before training camp. To me, the biggest question is, what kind of deal will we see? Joe Burrow has already said publicly that he's told the organization the structure that he wants to see from his contract, something that would help both the team acquire talent and himself. Is that potentially alluding to the type of contract that Patrick Mahomes side, the 10-year deal that we'd never seen before? Or will it be the more traditional deal like Jalen Hurts put into place earlier this offseason? So to me, the question is not when. The question is what type of contract we'll see. But ultimately and inevitably, I think both of these contracts get done. And the Bengals, of course, have some other big stars to sign. And then we're waiting to see if how Burrow fits in uh, to all that. But Sacho, you know what struck me? Schefter said Herbert will expected to top Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Like, Hertz has been to a Super Bowl. Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Lamar's been MVP. Herbert hasn't done any of that. Hadn't even won a playoff game yet. What does he need to do, uh, not talking contract, but in terms of success and performance, to jump into the conversation with the rest of these guys? Well, it's a few different pieces. One of the pieces we got to talk about, it's not just the quarterback who makes the game go, it's everyone else around him. There were so many injuries on this team last year, including the quarterback. Justin Herbert was injured. Keenan Allen was injured. Uh, Mike Williams was injured. And you go to the defense side of the ball, Joey Bosa was out. I mean, so many guys on this deep, on this offense, defense, and even special teams had significant injuries, and that derailed this team. Then part two of that is, yes, he's doing his part, but then the defense has to hold up their end of the bargain as well. Brandon Staley is now going to be calling plays for that defense. You'd expect them to be significantly better, better than the collapse you saw in the playoffs last year in the second half. And so that's what needs to happen. Justin Herbert needs to continue to elevate his play. Obviously, you've got Quentin Johnson out of TCU as your first round pick, but also everyone has to stay healthy to be able to compete with the Chiefs in that division. Yeah, uh, he, he's got it right. The, the health of this team historically has not been good uh, before Herbert even arrived there. Uh, and this team has always been a, a fun team to look at in the warm-ups, uh, historically. They look good <laughs> in those powder blue uniforms. Uh, they're very athletic on both sides of the ball. They got a big, strong quarterback now that's passed for, what, over 4,000 yards in three seasons. Uh, they got some star-quality players. On both sides of the football, uh, I think they have a good head coach. Uh, but now all of a sudden, uh, this team is the bullseyes on them. And, and Herbert's got to win. He's going to get a big contract. Coach knows it. And, and coach has enough talent uh, to challenge the Chiefs. But can they do it? And if they don't, then, uh, you know, that's going to be a problem uh, for the lightning bolts. But historically, these guys have always looked good. Coming out of the locker room, they're the best-looking team in pro football. But they can never stay healthy. They're always injured. I want to see them get through a season just being healthy. There's no telling what these guys might do. You mentioned the coach, Brandon Staley. How much pressure do you think is on him to deliver this year? Well, there's a lot. Because remember, there, there was rumors last year uh, about maybe they should make a change. I know the Spanelses, uh, they've got good ownership there. Uh, they are patient. But I, they also understand this. Um, we got a good football team, and they're tired of the Chiefs owning this division. Trust me. Uh, I was with the Chiefs <laughs> a long time ago, twice, as an assistant coach and a head coach. And when you play the Chargers, it's one of those games. It's a physical game. Uh, the AFC West uh, is quite competitive, but the Chargers got to find a way to get over the hump.
They sure do. They, they got to find a way to hold a, a multiple touchdown lead in a playoff game. That was the, uh, the key thing there at the end mm -hmm. of last season. Oh. Uh, we come back on NFL Live. We're going to talk a little Giants with the addition of Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley's contract status still up in the air. What should the expectations be for the G-men on offense? You'll hear why one of our guys says they shouldn't scare anybody yet. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I feel vocal about how I feel. I want to show the Giants. I the guy that they draft is still here. Saquon bounces outside, shoots him in at the 40. Barkley's in for the touchdown. Saquon Barkley is going to get the franchise tag, and he's not going to be happy. Obviously, we know Saquon is not going to be here uh, based on his contract situation. He's been a very important part of what we've done. You know, I hope, hope they can get something done. I would love to be a Giant for life. Saquon and the Giants still trying to sort out a contract before the July 17th deadline for franchise players to do that. Last season, Saquon upheld his end of the bargain, helping lead the Giants to their first playoff appearance since 2016. Our very own Jeff Darlington tells us now about the Barkley family history and why fighting back is nothing new for the Giants star. Boxing training is just different. It works on different muscles than you do as a football player. And it's not easy workout, so it trains you to push through that limit and push through when the times get tough. Barkley tiptoeing down the sideline, and here comes the speed. To his family, Saquon Barkley's fight Touchdown, Giants. comes as no surprise. Barkley, trying to become the champion. Born into a family of Bronx boxers, most notably his great uncle Iran, and his father Ali Bay. Saquon was supposed to rule with his fists, not with his legs. My great uncle, Iran Blay Barkley, was a three-time champion. My father fought in the Golden Gloves, um, threw a punch, messed up his kind of throughout his shoulder, 
um, didn't have money or whatever to really get it healed properly for him to continue to fight. He started to train with his father and um, his father was showing him things and they was doing things together in the gym and he was tapping and playing around with it. He taught me a lot. Definitely taught me how to protect myself. Um, he would make me fight like random kids uh, on the streets. The gloves would go on, and Saquon would be ready anytime, anywhere. You know, say I go in the house and get my bag, and get my son, and the kids be like, they know what it is, and they all be online waiting. They put on the gloves and fight. You so we got, we got, have, we got the headgear, head, headgear, <laughs> boxing gloves, the guard that goes under here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Saquon is standing in the streets. Yes, with those gloves with on. With these gloves on. Then after after they fight, I put the mitts on, you know, and, and, and go a couple of miles with the mitts so they could hit, bang, bang, bang. I remember one time when I was like 13, uh, he took me to a gym you know, to get a workout in. There was a kid that was like, training for like a tournament that was around the same age as me, and he throws me in a ring with him. And I'm just like, my mom like, this is gonna be a cakewalk. Like, so the first two rounds, like, you would, like I'm telling you, like, I promise I'm not lying. Like, I was on my toes. I was floating. Like, like you would have thought it was Muhammad Ali out there. The way I was acting. Uh, by the third round, I was just so tired, and I just couldn't even like keep my hands up. And like my dad just laughing in the corner, like, cause it was just kind of teaching me a lesson. You can't just go and wake up and go do something. After Saquon and his family moved from the Bronx to Pennsylvania he applied the lessons learned to a different sport. I loved boxing growing up, but I kind of just fell in love with football. Um, fell in love with football at a young age, and you know, I would come back to boxing here and there and try it out, but uh, football was just the, the love of my life. Even though he, he didn't get deep into boxing like I hope he would, but the background of boxing gave him the know-how that he could be great. I see him on the field running and getting past these big grown guys that want to jump all on him and stuff. And just to see him run past these guys and is a great thing. He was blessed to be a runner. Knocked down, but not knocked out. Barkley! Saquon Barkley is back to showing he's ready to take this fight the distance. Touchdown, Saquon Barkley! I joke around with my boys and my manager all the time that uh, before football's done, I want to have at least one professional fight just to say I actually did it, or even an amateur fight to say I actually did it. Good stuff, Jeff. Uh, the last time we heard from Saquon about this contract situation, yeah, he was, was fun. in a little bit of a fighter's stance uh, uh, with the Giants. What's the latest on where things stand? <laughs> You know, when we did hear from Saquon recently, it was as honest, I think, as, as a player can get in this situation. He basically said, we'll wait till July 17th, which is the deadline for players to negotiate contracts uh, for long-term deals that are on that franchise tag. And he basically said, we'll wait till July 17th. We'll see what the final best offer is from the Giants, and me and my family will step back and make a decision. And truly, I think that's what we're down to at this point. Generally speaking, when these deals do go down to that July 17th deadline, it is the days just before when essentially we'll hear from the Giants if they want to step up and increase the offer, or we'll put it on Saquon. He either takes that deal, or he has to, on July 18th, either uh, decide he's going to hold out for training camp and potentially this season, a la Le'Veon Bell. You know how that went. Mm -hmm. Or he's going to play on the franchise tag and, uh, and move forward next season. So 
basically July 17th is the date that we should be watching. Interesting couple days leading up to that. He's, there are two other running backs, Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard, also on the franchise tag. So we'll see if anything happens right. with any of them. Talk about the Giants, though, big picture. One of the new pieces they added on offense this offseason was tight end Darren Waller, whom they acquired in a trade with the Raiders. Waller recently talked about that trade, saying he was, quote, not totally shocked. I had heard some things. There were different moments throughout the year that I heard I may be traded or I may not. So the actual event of it was not was not too shocking, but I didn't expect it to be the Giants. Giants did, in fact, trade a third-round pick to the Raiders for Waller in March. Um, that's a new target for Daniel Jones, who got a new contract as well this offseason. New York went to four years and $160 million for Danny Dimes. And then in the draft, the Giants took former Tennessee wideout Jalen Hyatt and Minnesota center John Michael Schmitz in a continued effort to improve the group around uh, Daniel Jones. So, Herm, they've done a lot of work on an offense that needed it. When you look at the moves the Giants have made, are you sold that they're there? No, not at all. Uh, when you think about this offense, uh, they were last in the National Football League in passing with explosive plays. In other words, 20 yards or more. Now, Waller will help them. Hyatt, uh, the receiver, as you mentioned, they brought in. The star player is the runner, right? It, it's Barkley. And when you think about his numbers, he touched the ball for these guys 352 times. 295 of those were runs, and he caught 57 passes. By the way, he was their leading receiver. So if you think about the Giants and you're trying to defend the Giant offense, the first thing you say is this, stop the runner. If we can stop the runner, we can beat the Giants. Make the quarterback throw the ball. Now, we'll see. They call him Danny Dimes. He threw 15 touchdown passes, so I guess that's why they call him Danny Dimes. But we're going to find out this year how good this <laughs> Giant football team is because remember this. They're in a division that they're trying to catch the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the two potent offenses in this division. 28 points by the Eagles, 27 points by the Cowboys. They're fighting with Washington right now, these big, bad Giants. So we're going to see about Danny Dimes. I hope he plays well. I really do. Coach, there's, there is a thing called getting better, right? Like, number one, getting better in what regard? Well, Brian Dable, last year, the AP Coach of the Year, he's in his second year with this offense. We saw Danny Dimes get better last year versus other years, right? You talk about it, less interceptions. Uh, and I get it, only 15 passing touchdowns, but seven rushing touchdowns and 700 rushing yards as a quarterback, number one. Also, less fumbles. Number two, getting better in the draft. Jalen Hyatt, we saw what he did at University of Tennessee, one of the biggest big play threats in all of college football. Won awards for, for, for doing that. John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota, gave, gave up, I think it was two sacks and maybe 21 total pressures in his time in Minnesota. Minnesota, and that's going to anchor down their middle. And then last but not least, talk about Saquon Barkley. Yes, he led the team in receiving, but he also uh, had a career year. Number one, he was fourth last year in rushing attempts and rushing yards. He had more rushing yards than he's had ever in his career. Once again, we talk about it, he controls the football.
football. He doesn't fumble it for fumbles in over 1,300 touches in his career. And so this team is getting better. Second year under Brian Dable. We saw what Brian Dable, not we, I personally saw what Brian Dable did in Buffalo. I played with the Buffalo Bills. I saw him change that offense. This is back in 2018 when people had question marks about Josh Allen. Fast forward 2019, 2020, we see the difference, 2021. And all of a sudden, Brian Dable's gone in 2022 and Josh Allen declines. I think there's a correlation there. And so my whole point is this. Year two in this offense is going to be extremely dynamic, and they've gotten better at so many different positions in the draft, and also Darren Waller, top five tight end in free agency. I'm not saying they're going to improve. I'm not saying they're not going to improve, and I agree with you. I love their football coach. I think he's, a, he's, he's an outstanding football coach. I just look at their offense. Now, you know, I can't play anymore, but I played corner, and I go, okay, there's no one that scares me when they break the huddle. Who's the runner? The runner's their best player. I agree. And that's the guy that right now on the July 18th, we're going to find out if he wants to come to camp or not. Because if he don't come to camp, oh, boy, they got a problem, a big problem. Uh, I mean, a gigantic problem if they don't get this guy in camp. But you know that defensively, when you got a running back and you go into the game to play the Giants, the first thing you say is what? We got to stop the runner. So I'm going to put eight guys in the box, nine guys in the box. That allows the quarterback to play better. And if that guy don't show up, oh, boy, look out. I'm just saying. But if he I know does. a little bit about it. Not a lot. But just if a he does. They're, but if they're he better. does, Coach, mind they're, you, right? They're I better. For great. But they're not I better than great, the Cowboys. I've played for great coaches as well. Think, think, but, Coach, think about this. Think about this. Think about the, the, the dynamism of Saquon Barkley. So going back to my time, it was his rookie year, right? 2018. I'm playing for Vic Fangio. We had the number one defense. We're getting ready to play them. And he was he was raving about a guy. He's like, man, I've never seen I haven't seen a guy like this in many, many years. When Saquon Barkley is doing what Saquon Barkley does, look at how he's been training all offseason, except in the boxing. He's still with his teammates, even though he's not in the facility. He's training out with Daniel Jones, training with Daniel Jones, working out with his other teammates. So then you have that runner. Then you have that quarterback. Then you have that coach. And I get it. You're a corner, so you're not worried about their receivers. But then you add that tight end to the picture. Okay, now they're there's maybe some things to worry about. Okay, I got one. Qu- I got one question. Be, be quick. We got to go to break. Who's the best team in the division? Who's the best it's team Eagles. in the division? Okay, Eagles. Who's the second best team? It's Who's the, the Cowboys. But who, made, but who made the playoffs last year? Who Thank made you. the playoffs last year and won a playoff game? That's all game? you got to say. New We're good. We're good. And now they've go gotten to commercial. better. We're good. And now These guys go are going to keep at this, but <laughs> we good. do have to go to commercial because we've got more to do on NFL First Live. Time we come back. We are going to talk Eagles. Jason Kelsey more motivated than ever after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Sacho will explain why Philly's defense will determine whether they can make another deep run. And I don't know, maybe Herm will keep arguing with him. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The first round of this year's NHL draft is tomorrow at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. John Bucigross hosts along with a cast of hockey experts who will provide stats and information and break down each pick. The Blackhawks have the first overall pick, winning the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are gearing up for the match against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on Thursday. They had a little uh, media availability today and they talked about it. Listen to this. I will say the first tee box of last year, I tried to tell Travis this, was the most nervous I've ever been in a sporting event. I mean, those fans are lining that fairway, and I'm like, y'all just don't know. I mean, I hit a lot of fairways, but I, sometimes those things get a little loose. I don't think we're underdog in this at all, man. I, I I don't know about, you know, Steph and Clay, but but me and Pat have never lost in Vegas, and that's not a shot at the Raiders at all, man, because we've won Pro Bowls, we've won golf tournaments. You know, I'm not sure if the wind wants to see us on the on the roulette table or the craps table as much as they want to see us on the golf course. I mean, it's not it's not not a shot at the Raiders. I mean, like it's it, part of it, right? <laughs> Herm, what, who you got in this? You're you're a big golf guy. Who you got? You got the Chiefs or the or the Warriors? I'm gonna go with Steph and them. Steph's a good golfer. Oh, all right, really good golfer. We'll see. He's a really good. He's 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 a scratch. He's a good golfer. All right, well, talking about those Chiefs, the team they beat in the Super Bowl is the Philadelphia Eagles uh, coming up one game short of their ultimate goal, losing that game. Having now seen the big game from both ends, uh, a, win a winner once and a loser once, Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, says losing the Super Bowl is what really motivates you. Being on the other side of this thing and having lost one now, you can try and not let that be a factor, uh, yeah. but, man, the, the hunger and the desire to get back there and, and to uh, and finish it, even though it's going to be a completely new season and new set of guys and it's not the same team, you can't help but that be a factor for sure. Teams that lose the Super Bowl have had a tough time following up their, their seasons. The Eagles are the 57th team to lose a Super Bowl. 17 of the previous 56 missed the playoffs entirely the following season. 48 of the 56 failed to get back to the Super Bowl. Only three teams won the Super Bowl the year after losing it. The 2018 Patriots lost to the Eagles the year before, and then they, they won the following year, and then they won in 2018. Then it happened in back-to-back -back years, uh, the 71 Cowboys and the 72 Dolphins were both Super Bowl champs that had lost the game the year before. So, Coach, do you think the Eagles can yes. buck the trend and win the Super Bowl after losing it? I I'm hopeful, but it's very difficult. And I sat in that seat that they're sitting in right now, um, we actually lost um, a Super Bowl. We lost Super Bowl 15 to the Raiders. First time the Eagles actually went to a Super Bowl. I was in the first one uh, with, with that great team we had. Uh, we were able to get into the playoffs again the following year and lost in the first round to um, the team up north, the New York Giants. Knocked us out, Phil Sims and those guys, and 
you think about the Eagles, this is going to be a tough year for them because they lose two of their coordinators on offense and defense. They also uh, were the healthiest team last year. Mm. They weren't, weren't injured. Uh, you know, this team wasn't injured, got through that. But then the next thing is this. Every time you play an opponent, the coach doesn't have to motivate the opponent. He just tells his team, we're playing, we're playing a team that was in the Super Bowl last year to represent the NFC. So every team's going to have their best game. They want to play you. You're judged by that now. And not saying they can't do it because they got a fabulous team. The quarterback's fabulous. This, this team is a good football team. To get back, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough. I'm pulling for them, though. It's going to be tough. And to your point, Coach, the other thing that people don't talk about when it comes to winning and not even necessarily winning Super Bowls because you lost, but having a successful season is all the attrition that happens. You talked about the two coordinators that are gone. There's been a lot of talk about five defensive starters that are gone. Well, let's just talk about what some of these starters have done. C.J. Garner-Johnson, six interceptions last year. That is now gone. That's in Detroit. That tied for the league lead. Javon Hargrave and his 11 sacks. That's now gone. That's in okay. San Francisco. T.J. Edwards and his team okay. leading 159 tackles. All that's gone. And we say, well, it's okay. They built through the draft. They got all these guys from Georgia and Kobe Dean, uh, all these guys, right? Nolan Smith, and they got this coordinator, and all these things are great and they sound good, but unless those guys step up and step up quickly, it's going to be extremely difficult to repeat that type of success. I have no doubts, and no one should have any doubts about the quarterback position, but defensively, Sean Desai has to get all those young stars, and I believe they will be stars, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Jalen Carter, all these guys, Get on the same page to say, hey, we need to win, and we need to win now. There needs to be no confusion as we learn a new defense. Now, ironically, uh, the Chiefs got a lot of contributions out of some young players on defense last year on their way to beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So the blueprint may be right in front of them. We'll see how those guys step up to replace those departures. We come back. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have yet to reach the Super Bowl in a loaded AFC. Hear why Herm thinks their style of play may be the reason. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NFL Live is brought to you by Onyx Collective's Anthem, an original documentary premiering June 28th, tomorrow, only on Hulu. A developing story into NFL Live with some major news out of Buffalo. Stephon Diggs was not on the field for the start of mandatory minicamp today. How concerned are you about that? 
No, very concerned. Internally, we're, we're working on some things as an organization, maybe not communicating the right way. When you say, we got a problem, it's even a bigger problem. When it becomes personal, you then have to regain trust. Something is wrong in Buffalo. He's a Buffalo Bill, and um, you know, we're, we're going to work it out. This all started to boil over last January in the AFC Divisional Round. Diggs was visibly frustrated during Buffalo's loss to the Bengals. He skipped the voluntary OTAs this offseason, which is fine, but he also skipped Buffalo's first mandatory minicamp practice on June 13th, which is not fine, and head coach Sean McDermott said he was, quote, very concerned. A day later, Diggs returned to practice. Josh Allen called it an internal issue related to teamwork, which is super not specific at all and, and tells us nothing. So Jeff Darlington, what kind of what kind of clarity can you offer on where things stand between Stefan Diggs and the Bills? I, can, <laughs> nothing, yeah, nothing. I cannot offer clarity. No, no, I cannot offer that. I can tell you that it's something we'll certainly keep an eye on because look, as much as the team in those two days during minicamp managed to go from what felt like uh, a, an issue uh, at a level 10 to diffuse to a level one, it feels like the likelihood is that it's still somewhere in between. So we'll see what happens between now and the start of training camp. Obviously, the entire sports world, the NFL world, will be focused on whether Stephon Diggs can remain happy through training camp into the season. But certainly, even though the team is saying that this is behind them, we'll be watching closely to see Without if that is, in fact, the case. I doubt a story to watch. The only more important piece of the Bills' offense than Diggs is Josh Allen, the quarterback, uh, the offense has relied on his legs as well as his arm. And that gets us to our next topic, which is running quarterback. Allen and Lamar Jackson, the only two quarterbacks with even 400 rushes over the last four years. Problem with that approach is uh, it opens them up to a lot of hits over that same time span. There's only two quarterbacks in the NFL that have been contacted at least 700 times. Look at that. It's the same two. So, Herm, for Allen and Lamar to get to the top of that loaded AFC, to, to knock off the Chiefs, get past the Bengals, and get to the Super Bowl, do these guys need to run the ball less? Yes, and I think both quarterbacks have said that, especially in Buffalo. We, the quarterback has mentioned we don't want him running and taking all these hits. But if you're Lamar Jackson, you get a new offensive coordinator, and you think about what he needs to do now. He needs to show people, I can play from the pocket. He had 17 touchdown passes last year. He needs to get that total up to about 30. Uh, and then you become one of those elite passing quarterbacks. I think Lamar wants to prove everyone uh, that, you know what, I can play from the pocket too. I I'm a dual threat, but I can, I can beat you from the pocket. And I think going forward, this is the Ravens team right now. Remember this, Lamar Jackson has missed games. In the last two seasons, he's missed 11 games. They've only won one playoff game in the last eight years. The clock is ticking for the Baltimore Ravens as well. And to your point, Coach, it's not just it's not just Lamar Jackson. It's Josh Allen as well. And, like, what's in their blood? The question was, man, do they need to run the ball less? I would say yes, but at the end of the day, like, that's who you are. Go back and – I just think about, like, who Josh Allen is. 6'5", like, every bit of 6'5", every bit of 250, uh, rocket launcher for an arm. But when he gets that ball in his hand, he wants to run people over or jump over them, do things that he was doing at Wyoming in college. And he does it extremely well and effectively. But the issue is, when you get injured, when you get banged up, when you try to, as Coach said earlier, play hero ball, it's not always effective. That's why he led, led the league in turnovers last year. And so whether it's Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, you have to understand your value.
value to your team. Yes, become, in, in Lamar's case, maybe a, a, a more of a pocket passer. Then when it's time to tuck it and run, you can tuck it and run. Or in Josh Allen's case, know that you cannot put your body on the line as much based off of injury, what's around you, and your importance to your team. Great points, and, and I'll tell you the story of what I learned when I entered the football the National Football League as a rookie. Young quarterbacks run, old ones stay in the pocket. <laughs> Eventually, uh, as he ages, he'll understand the pocket is safety. If I stay in here, I don't have to take all these unnecessary hits. Well, we'll see how quickly those lessons get learned. We have time for one more thing. Bears receiver Chase Claypool did some modeling recently in Paris, and uh, it looked like it was nice of Darlington to lend him his shirt. Uh, what do you What do you think? You, you think you're getting this one back, Jim? Yeah. This This good. What do we think yeah, about? I this? mean, I yeah. I don't have anything wrong with that. I I uh, I would have difficulty pulling that off, as I think you would too. Right, right. I think we're more of the uh, straight laced 38 regular, uh, you know. Typical yeah. suit with tie, but Coach Edwards could do it. You miss hundred. You miss hundred percent of the I shots. Was, you don't I, take, I was okay. Yeah. I, I was okay <laughs> with the, the bag, but the fan kind of threw me for a loop. Fashion live, Herman Sacho keep arguing. Fan, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>